All right, Patriots first and goal. I am Alex Shane here with my good buddy Rich Hill. It is draft week. I am always amazed at how quickly this offseason flies by. Free agency is not come and gone, but it's mostly over. It's time to draft a new crop of rookies. There will be some new kids living their dream this weekend. It's always so much fun to see. As always, going to break it down with my buddy Rich. How are you, man? I am doing well. I am doing well. I am ready for draft season to come. I love draft season. I love seeing these players have their dreams like realized to some degree. Uh, but Alec, before we jump into that, I know we have a lot of news to talk about from around the league. And before we even touch on that, how are you doing? I am doing all right, buddy. As somebody with no hopes and dreams, it's nice to see somebody <laughs> else live theirs. And I always say drafts are cool because... It's very rare that there's an actual like, you can pinpoint the exact moment a childhood dream comes true. And yep. when you hear your name called any kind of draft, MLB, NFL, whatever, it's really cool to watch. And it's very hard not to root for every single kid that gets their name called this weekend. So it's cool. I will live vicariously through them. I never thought I'd play in the NFL. So it's not like I feel like I missed my opportunity here. But uh, good for these kids. I'm psyched to talk about it. But yeah, you're right, man. Around the league, some big news happening, particularly news in the AFC East. Oh, so yeah. We'll open up with our first down. It is Aaron Rodgers, now a New York Jet, in Oof. a really interesting trade package in which the Jets and the Packers exchange first round picks. So the Jets now pick 15th, and the Packers now pick 13th overall, sandwiching the Patriots pick at 14. And the Jets also have a fifth round pick in addition to Aaron Rodgers. The Jets get that third, 13 overall pick, the Jets' second round pick, the Jets' sixth round pick. And then a conditional 2024 second round pick that will become a first round pick as long as Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps, which he will unless he gets really badly injured. So basically two first round picks for Aaron Rodgers. The landscape of the AFC East just changed. And his reaction to this trade, Rich, what are you thinking? Yeah, a couple things. One is how much did the landscape really change uh, in the sense that does Aaron Rodgers elevate the Jets potential like absolutely they had one of the best defenses in the league I really like Garrett Wilson as a young player uh they finished their season on like an Owen six fall like they were seven and what four at some point in time they they were uh they had a real chance to make the postseason if not for just one of the worst offenses in all of football and like those two games against the Patriots absolutely they would have won had they had a reasonable uh quarterback same thing with like pretty much every game down the stretch. They finished their last three weeks of the year going 3.6.6 points. So completely embarrassing. Rodgers definitely changes that. That said, um, Aaron Rodgers, is is he going to save them? I, I don't think so. I, I like, I, as I said, I like Garrett Wilson. I don't think that the rest of the talent on the roster is good enough to, to warrant or, or like think that he's coming into a situation like Tom Brady going to the Bucks, where he's throwing to Godwin and Evans and like a whole host of players. He's throwing to some pretty middling talent at best. He's going to be 40 years old this year. Um, I wonder how much of this is uh, Tom Brady's halo effect on what our expectations are versus what should our realistic expectations be for Aaron Rodgers here. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's I, I think like the, there's no denying the Jets are a better team this morning than they were less this time last week. They're yeah. a lot better. There's, there's no doubt about that. And if you're a Jets fan, you have to be happy that there is a serviceable quarterback under center now. That's a big upgrade from Zach Wilson. But the two things that really strike me about this is, A, 
from a Jets perspective, this is the kind of move I feel like you make when you are legitimately a quarterback away from a serious title run. Yep. And I don't think the Jets are, especially being they're not the best team in the AFC East, even with Aaron Rodgers. Yep. They're not the best team in the AFC. They have to go through the Bills. They have to go through the Chiefs. They have to go through the Bengals, possibly the Ravens, the Chargers. Like, there's a lot of very, very good teams in the AFC between them and the Super Bowl. And so they basically have a one-year stopgap where they're in win-now mode, but they're not going to win now. I think even if Rodgers were to return to MVP form, I don't think the Jets have enough in the tank to get all the way to the Super Bowl. And at the same time, on, on from Rodgers' perspective, if I'm him and I want one more last kind of run in the NFL, I'm chasing the title as well. He's already a first-round Hall of Famer. He's one of the all-time great quarterbacks. He's got a Super Bowl ring. He wants one more. And he goes to the Jets, and he said he wanted to go to the Jets. It's really interesting. I figured he'd have gone somewhere in the NFC. It's a much easier path to yep. the Super Bowl than, than the AFC is. So it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense from a long-term perspective for the Jets or a short-term perspective for the Aaron Rodgers. And look, I wish him the best. It'll be an interesting couple of games when the Patriots play them twice a year. But also off the field, I'll be very curious to see how a, we'll call him a centric, an eccentric quarterback <laughs> in Aaron Rodgers. Apart. Yeah, handles the, the buzzsaw that is the New York media. Unforgiving, totally trolling. They are clickbaity. They want to get you riled up so they can make headlines. They have no tolerance for anything. And you're one of like 15 teams competing for, for clicks and page views in the New York media back pages. So I'll be very curious to see the transition from the Green Bay media who loved him to the New York media who doesn't love anybody. Uh, so if he can handle that, uh, best of luck to him. But I'm curious to see how this shakes out. Yeah, totally. I mean, my last thought on it before we move on to, to second down here is that uh, you mentioned this, the AFC is just so much harder than the NFC. Like you, you look at the NFC, he would be easily still at this age, a top three quarterback, uh, in the, the NFC, right? Like who, who would we have above him? I would put uh Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts above him. I don't know how many others I would necessarily put above him. Um, but those are the two. I, I actually probably say that like Rodgers would be pretty comfortably a a weak number three, but a top three quarterback in the NFC. Uh, you put him in the AFC and he's not a top five quarterback, right? You got like Mahomes, Herbert, Burrow, Lamar Jackson, uh, Josh Allen. You already have those players. I wouldn't be surprised if this year, if players like Trevor Lawrence are going to be better as well. Like this is a very strong conference and the Jets just paid essentially two first round picks for the right to lose on wildcard weekend. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's true. Again, I think the absolute best case scenario for the Jets here realistically is maybe a divisional round exit. That's probably their, their ceiling in 2023 and it's a playoff run. So good for them. They haven't been in the playoffs <sighs> in a very long time, but if, if you, will you trade two first round picks Super Bowl, of course, Will you trade two first-round picks for an early playoff exit, then you're back in the basement for five years when your quarterback retires next year? I don't know. But time will tell. Aaron Rodgers is on the tail end of his career. Hopefully he can pull one out and make a run and make it interesting. Uh, but let's move to second down, Rich. Second down, we'll talk about kids on the early side of their career, just starting their career with the NFL draft. The Patriots, I think, are very well positioned in the 2023 draft. They have a ton of of picks 11 in total i'll run through them real quick and then we'll talk about your favorite picks and maybe some possible needs so they obviously have their first round pick at pick 14 and their second round pick at pick 46 they also have a third round pick from the carolina panthers pick 76 in the trade they got they also got a pick from the la rams pick 107 in round four they also have two more fourth round picks pick 117 
and then a compensatory pick 135. They have a whopping four sixth-round picks. No fifth-rounder for the Patriots this year, but they'll probably pick one up via trade. They have picked 184, 187, 192, and compensatory pick 210 in the sixth round, and then pick 245 in the seventh, which came from the Buffalo Bills via the Atlanta Falcons, one of those weird draft pick trades that always tends to happen. A lot of capital, a lot of mobility, a lot of need. For the Patriots. So what are you early thoughts on this draft, Rich? What do you think the Patriots' biggest needs are? And where would you see them going with their first round pick, assuming they actually stay in the first round, don't trade out? Yeah, I mean, I think that the Patriots are in a really good spot. I love where they sit. Middle of the rounds, always a good place to be from a talent perspective, especially middle of the first, early half of the the second round. Like you're going to get two very good players in that top 50. What I think of when I see the Patriots is that they have around 75 players on their roster. And with this many draft picks, I can't see them making that many selections, knowing how much the Patriots rely on bringing in undrafted players. And so to me, that suggests that the Patriots would likely package some of their picks to move up. I would not be surprised if they put together a couple of their sixth round picks to move up either to like, you know, you said they don't have a fifth round pick. They are in dire need of a specialist, uh, whether it's a long term kicker to replace Nick Folk uh, or, you know, they need a new punter as well. I would not be surprised if the Patriots moved up to secure those players in the fifth round. Uh, what they could also do is put together some of their fourth round picks, move up earlier in day two, uh, you know, move out of day three into day two, because uh, they need some of those uh, bright side players with upside. And for me, when I look at this draft, uh, I think that the Patriots are in a really unique position because I would say players between like 20th and 50th overall are going to be roughly the same. Like the, the, a lot of it comes down to situation where they fall. So you're going to get a good pick in that second round. Um, but when you look at what's going on at that 14th overall pick, I would be very surprised if when the Patriots time comes on the clock, there is not a player or two that everyone thought would go in the top 10 that is available for them to take on the board. Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of areas of need for the Patriots. And I, what I like about this draft, particularly given the fact there's a lot of teams ahead of the Patriots who don't have the exact same needs that they do, that one of the guys at the respective positions will be there for the Patriots to select should they choose to do so. Uh, for me, Rich, I think their top three needs in this draft are in order, offensive tackle, tight end, wide receiver. I think those are the three biggest areas. And you can also throw cornerback, safety, linebacker, and edge in there. But in terms of the top three for me, uh, I'm going tackle, tight end, receiver. And at 14, unless there's some ridiculous run, one of the top one or two guys will be there at one of those three positions. And the Patriots are always the team that likes to draft the best available player. And so if the best available player also coincides with the, the area of need, then it seems to be a no-brainer to me. And also, to your point, I think they'll also be able to even trade back your spots in the first round and have one of those top-tier guys at tackle yep. or tight end available. So a lot of flexibility and a lot of ability to make sure that they get somebody that they can plug and play uh, day one for them. But would you agree with that, Rich? Tackle, receiver, tight end, or tackle, tight end, receiver as your top three? What's, what's your ranking for their, their biggest needs? Yeah, and I, I mean, I would throw in cornerback and pass rusher in there as well, perhaps uh, just due to positional value. I'd rather take them in the first round than a tight end. Um, but yeah, I, I would agree that those are the positions where you look at the roster right now. Uh, there's no tight ends signed after this year. Judas Smith-Schuster is the only wide receiver signed after this year, and there's no tackle signed after this year, really, that have like true starting experience. So the Patriots, if they can get a blue chip starter at any of those positions, that would be great. 
they have their defensive backs locked up a little bit longer and same with their pass rushers with both wise and Judon locked up. So they have a little bit more flexibility there, but those three positions that you mentioned, they don't have anyone uh, in 2024. So that would make a lot of sense. Um, when I, when I look at how the board might fall down and something that you mentioned around uh, how the board might fall in their favor is uh, kind of some fallout from this Aaron Rodgers trade is that the Packers moved up a couple spots and when they swapped their picks with the Jets, they leapfrogged the Patriots. And there's two rumors going on right now. One of them is that they wanted to take an offensive tackle and so they wanted to get ahead of the Patriots. And the other one is that they wanted Jackson Smith and Jiba out of Ohio State at wide receiver. So those are two of the players that uh, the Packers are likely jumping ahead of the Patriots to consider based off of who is available on the board. And the move that would be most favorable towards the Patriots would be if there was a run at offensive tackle uh, because a, it would allow, you know, I mean, there would still be top talent available for the Patriots at 14th overall. Um, You know, like we look at some of the players, whether it's uh, Paris Johnson of Ohio state, Broderick Jones out of Georgia or Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. One of those players is likely still going to be on the board, uh, especially with Peter Skronsky out of Northwestern uh, considered a top tier as well, uh, but a little undersized with all of those players on there. If there's a run, that would likely push some of the top tier other players a little bit down the board and maybe a pass rusher like Tyree Wilson or a cornerback like Christian Gonzalez or Devin Witherspoon or Joey Porter might be available for them uh, in a world where they otherwise might not be. And that's how the Patriots can get a blue chip player at a position where perhaps they don't have like as pressing of a 2024 need, but there is still a need to replenish the position both for this year and next year. For this year and next year. There are, you know, I mentioned some good names there, Rich. I like all those names, which is a good transition into our third down. Let's get into third down. Talk about the guys we're targeting for the Patriots. Guys, we'd love to see them select our dream draftees for the Patriots, potential targets for this team. Rich, if you were the football god that you say you're not, but I'm still skeptical <laughs> of that. You're not doubling as a, as a normal guy by day football god by night but you could manipulate this draft any way you wanted and the exact player you dream for the patriots was still there at 14 who would that be yeah that's a hard one i mean christian gonzalez out of oregon probably would be one of my top ones um jackson smith and jiba would be the other one i think that he would just be absolute lights out in the patriots offense uh that said i would probably say i would go with broderick jones out of georgia uh, he has just the prototypical offensive tackle size. We know that the Patriots are so much better when they have a good offensive line, and they've really been lacking at that, uh, you know, up and down the offensive line, uh, just from a consistency perspective. Uh, you know, Isaiah Wynn was fine, but he had never lived up to his uh, draft status. He was never like available. Uh, and so Patriots offensive line has kind of been a weak spot within the offense for the past couple of seasons. And so uh, that's where I would really wanted to go like obviously like Paris Johnson would be like a great fit as well I think Broderick just fits the entire mold that the Patriots like out of their ginormous big athletic offensive tackles he was likely going to be available um and, and I think that he has the right fit that under Adrian Clem Patriots new offensive line coach that we Patriots be getting a 10-15 year starter at the tackle spot plug and play Definitely a plug-and-play guy. I think if Paris Johnson is there at 14, you jump on him. There are two players, I think, if there's, if they're still there at 14, I don't think they will be the Patriots take him. One's definitely Paris Johnson. He's a beast, 6'6", 315, 
massive pass blocker, exactly the franchise tackle the Patriots are looking for. Uh, the other guy is the receiver that I think the Patriots will not be there when the 14 comes due to the, we talked earlier about the Packers, other teams that are receiver needy ahead of them. But Quentin Johnson, TCU, uh, outside guy, he'd be a great fit in the Patriots system, but I don't think he'll be there at 14 either, but I'd be very happy with any of those guys. But I think honestly, my, my ideal situation for the draft, and you're going to laugh at me with this really, but the more I watch tape on this guy, the more I, I see him play. I would love to see them honestly trade down to yep. late in the first round and take Darnell Washington out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Tight love end. the player. Six seven two sixty five four point six. I don't know if he's a fourteenth overall pick kind of guy, but if you want a late first rounder, early second rounder for him, I think he'd be a phenomenal fit, phenomenal blocking tight end. He's not the prototypical kind of receiving move tight end, but you kind of have that with Gusecki already. Even though Gusecki's more a slot receiver, I think they don't really have a true blocker the way they had for a long time in Gronkowski. John Smith was relegated to a blocker, but it's not really his role anyway. But I think he'd be a really good shift guy, good for the running game, really good outlet receiver, good red zone threat. I think he'd be a phenomenal Patriot. Yeah, totally. I mean, he is uh, as close to an offensive tackle as you can get from the tight end spot. And the Patriots don't have a good blocking tight end. Hunter Henry, very much lacking in that. If you look at some of his tape, he's been like not the worst guy out there, but not a wouldn't even call him an average blocker. Uh, and then Jacecki just is not a blocker whatsoever. He is a wide receiver. <laughs> so I would say if you could get a, uh, that is the probably the best path for a rookie tight end to see the field is through their blocking ability. Sam Laporta out of Iowa is someone that might be available on day two later uh, that I, I think will have a strong NFL career um, that could have that same pathway. Um, 14th might be a little too rich for my blood for Washington, as you, you said, but he's someone that like does and does make a lot of sense from a, a fit perspective. And overall, I, I think the idea of trading down makes a lot of sense. Uh, I would say that there's likely going to be a bunch of teams willing to jump up to the middle of the first round or the right to draft some of the players, especially if there's four quarterbacks that go uh, early in the draft, you know, in the first half, you look at some of the names, whether it's uh, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, likely locked in as top 10 players, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, like those four players could push some of the quality players down the board a little bit for teams to be willing to pay the premium for Patriots to be able to, you know, be at the end of the first, early second, get a couple extra picks. Deontay Banks, cornerback out of Maryland, huge athlete. Would love to see him. Uh, Osiris Torrance, just absolute beast at guard that if we're thinking who's going to be the long-term replacement for Michael and Wainu, uh, he might be available at like the second round, something of that nature. Uh, Nolan Smith, great pass rusher out of Georgia, a little undersized, but Patriots, if they wanted to uh, add some depth on the edge, him, Will McDonald out of Iowa State, there will be a lot of players that can like both start and or contribute as rookies that will be available, you know, as I mentioned earlier, in like the early second round. And so if the Patriots can trade down and get a, you know, if they if they wind up with four day two picks, I would consider that to be a pretty good success based off of the depth that we see here. Especially to your point earlier in the podcast about how the the leap between pick 20 and pick 50 isn't that big and there's such a deep draft once those elite guys are off the board uh, a position you didn't really run down in that little little rant there rich was the probably the sexiest most fun draft selection a team can get after quarterback 
which is wide receiver uh, for most teams. For the Patriots, first-round wide receivers and have a little bit of a sour taste in our mouth. But if you look at the way the draft order is, there are some receiver-needy teams. You know, the Green Bay Packers you mentioned. I can see maybe the Colts going for receiver, but they're picking fourth overall. They need a quarterback more than they need a receiver. Carolina maybe might 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 need a receiver, but that that you know, but Chicago's picking at nine now, I believe. So there's a lot of teams that don't really need a receiver before yep. the Patriots. So there's a really good chance that maybe not Quentin Johnson. He might go a lot earlier, but you look at Jackson Smith Jigba, my favorite guy in the draft from your alma mater, Zay Flowers, Boston College yep. guy, already connected to New England. Really good slot receiver. There's some really top-tier talent, I think a lot of whom will be available at 14 should the Patriots decide to go that way. But, of course, do I really want to condemn whatever poor kid they pick (laughs) to a horrible career? Uh, Do we think that Bill O'Brien could fix that? I don't know. Uh, I agree, though. I mean, there's some really good offense players. Jordan Addison is another one that uh, I think could have a big role in the right situation. He's, you know, six feet, a little underweight uh, in the sense that I think he's like 177 or something like that. Played a lot out of the slot when he was at Pitt. Uh, transferred to USC last year, would play with Caleb Williams, who's going to be next year's number one overall pick. He underwhelmed. And so he was someone that everyone kind of expected to be a lock as a, the top receiver this year, but that never really manifested. And so I wouldn't be surprised if he falls to kind of an ideal situation, uh, you know, when like Keenan Allen fell to the third round to the Chargers, and then all of a sudden he was just like one of the best receivers in football, despite everyone being like, uh, yeah, yeah, he he was one of the best prospects, huh? I feel like that's going to happen with Jordan Addison, not necessarily down to the third round, but someone who slips, finds his partnership with like, you know, goes to the Vikings or like goes to an offense that has an established quarterback and then immediately is a thousand yard receiver as a rookie. And then everyone will be like, oh, yeah, should have seen that one coming. Um but that said, I, I wouldn't want to take a wide receiver in the first round. I know they invested a second round pick in Taekwon Thornton last year. They acquired Juju Smith-Schuster. I think that offensive tackle is one that I trust the Patriots better at scouting uh, to yield a positive return. I know that they just had Isaiah win, but he wasn't bad necessarily. He just was always injured. Um, and I think that he was also undersized. They would, they bucked convention a little bit. If they go back to their typical path, I wouldn't be surprised if they found another really strong contributor. Where I see wide receiver and what I would love for the Patriots to start doing is start pumping out those second, third, fourth round picks. You know, like there are players that are taken in the second and third round that become successful players. You don't need a 1500 yard type of a player, but get someone who's out there being 800, 900 yard guy. That's a success for those positions, for those draft picks. And I think that there's a lot of players that could fit into what Bill O'Brien likes to do for his offense. And we think of how he fielded his offense with the Texans, how he fielded his offense with Alabama. Uh, It was very different from the two tight end set offense that we saw historically when he was with his tenure with the Patriots. What he did with those teams is that he would have uh, just complete burners, out there you know he would have like the kenny stills and brandon cooks and like uh fuller will fuller those would be the players that he would have in that texans offense and he would have them just running down go 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 um and similarly actually i don't even think brandon cooks was there but you know he had the fuller and he had the stills He, he had a lot of the speedsters out there and then you look at what he did at alabama and he also had the same thing you know where college game is a little bit different you just have the athletes out there But where Mac Jones' success, where his top skill set was, 
uh, coming out of Alabama and where Bill O'Brien has had the most successful offensive scheme is in drawing up plays to get receivers separation in that intermediate deep level of the field. And that's where Mac Jones's strength is. It's in having the ideal amount of touch on a ball for a receiver that has separation in the intermediate and deep levels. And so to that, I think that there's a lot of players that could be available on day two of the draft that fit that mold of being able to run NFL routes and generate separation deep down the field, whether it's Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee, Josh Downs out of UNC, uh, whether it's uh, Cedric Tillman. I know he's a little bit on the bigger side, also out of Tennessee. He has a little bit more of like that Miles Austin mold, but he's a big guy. Uh, Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati uh, and Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma. Uh, those are the players that I would target if I were the Patriots, Mims in particular. Uh, those would be the players I would take on in day two of the draft that I think that they would be good fits for what the Patriots do pair them with Taekwon Thornton. And then you have Juju Smith-Schuster being kind of a possession guy underneath the Patriots could do a lot of damage with that. Like, obviously they'll have time to grow. They'll be behind Devonte Parker and Kendrick Bourne, uh, who I think is slotted immediately this year and produce, but thinking what is the long-term function of the Patriots offense, I think it makes sense to bring in some of these younger players. Uh, and I think that adding in a top-tier athlete out there that can contribute, that can produce, that has a history of producing and separating in a way that aligns with the Patriots' strengths on their offense, I would be very happy. You know, they said earlier, if they had four four, uh, four picks in the uh, day two of the draft, and if one of them was a receiver, I'd be very happy. There's a word we use around here, Rich Hill, for later round picks, day two picks, day three picks that come in and produce. They're called sleepers, Rich Hill. Sleeper picks, which brings us to fourth down. It is fourth and goal. Sleeper picks, undrafted free agents, those deep prospects that no one really talks about in the draft previews, but would still be a good fit for the Patriots. Uh, I think the uh, the later round sleeper pick, good time to get a running back. They still need a receiving back, a third down back. There's some really good talent there for that one. You did a great job breaking down some maybe later round sleeper receivers. Any other sleepers out there, late round picks, maybe undrafted guys, maybe six, seventh round picks. They could be good for the Patriots that you like. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that there are some positions that the Patriots could definitely benefit from upgrading that, like have a pathway for a young player to contribute. You know, like some of the positions maybe won't necessarily have a, uh, a pathway. For a young player, because there's established veterans there. Like if if the Patriots drafted a fifth round pick, uh, I wouldn't at like pass rusher. I wouldn't expect them to jump over uh, Judon and Uche and Wise in the rotation. I just wouldn't expect that. But the positions where I do think that there is a pathway for a younger player to stand in uh, running back and offensive interior. And why I say those positions uh, in particular is that the Patriots, uh, they typically give them opportunities and injuries do happen, right? Like they, you always need to have a rotation at running back. Patriots have uh, Ramondre Stevenson in the lead. James Robinson's going to be the number two if he makes the team, big if. And then you have Pierre Strong uh, that is likely going to make the roster as well. Those are the three uh I don't think you can really count on anyone else. Like Ty Montgomery would love for him to have a rebound. He was the pass catching back. Uh, JJ Taylor just showed last year in my mind that the team doesn't really expect him to fill that role. So there is a space on this roster for a running back that can do it all uh, to make the roster and also contribute if they, uh, you know, if they get time on the field, which like 
A, Stevenson's going to have to take some time off. You know, he can't play literally every single snap. That would be foolish. Um, but also, uh, there the fact is, is that rookies uh, and Patriots at running back allow the hot hand to kind of go. So who would I look at? Uh, Israel Abinaconda out of uh, Pitt is a name that I would look at in the later rounds. Eric Gray out of Oklahoma is another one. Kendra Miller out of TCU is another one. Roshan Johnson out of Texas. Zach Evans out of Ole Miss. Uh, and then Sean Tucker out of Syracuse. Those are some of the names at running back that I would say if the Patriots chose him in the fourth round and then all of a sudden they started to contribute as a rookie in a major way, you know, like not necessarily like a thousand yards, but like became the number two running back, I wouldn't be surprised, uh, especially if there's this better offense. And, and I, I think that there's a path for them to contribute in that way. Um, but otherwise, the other position is offensive interior. And where I think sleepers really rise to the occasion is when uh, injuries happen, you step in and they kind of take the starting job. And when you look at what the Patriots offensive interior looks like, Cole Strange locked in there. Uh, David Andrews getting up there in age and already contemplating retirement. Michael and Wayne going to be a big ticket free agent after this year. So the Patriots should invest in interior, uh, a pick in the interior line. And so there's players like Braden Daniels out of Utah, Jarrett Patterson out of Notre Dame. Uh, those are players that I, I wouldn't be surprised. Jackson Kirkland out of uh, Washington. If those are players that come in, Patriots draft them, uh, you know, they make the bottom of the roster and then they get elevated just due to an injury or due to for one reason or another. I wouldn't be surprised if they take the starting job and don't look back. There's a, a sleeper you missed, Rich Hill, in my opinion, likely because he's so short you couldn't see him going through <laughs> that lift. That is, is Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State, the running back. He's only 5'5", five five, and if he's 180 pounds, he's wearing a weighted vest in the pool. But <laughs> he's just so fast. Yeah, He's got such good hands. He's so elusive. He is the prototypical kind of Patriots, Deion Lewis, Danny Woodhead, third down back kind of guy that has done so well in this system. He's just so little. I just cannot see him picking up a blitz on like a linebacker crash. Like if it's like him on a, like the poor guy would just get bowl, literally just bowled over. But I feel like if he put some weight on, I mean, he might be worth like a day three flyer. And you mentioned very perfectly, if it doesn't matter if you're a first round pick or you came in off the street, you can earn the spot on this team if you work hard and, and outshine in training camp. And I just feel like he'd be a good fit for the Patriots as that receiving back if he can find a way to get really low, and if he's tough enough to pick the blitz up, I think he could be a good fit. We didn't talk much about safety. I feel like safety is a position they have to address at some point with McCourty gone. There's some good players in the kind of third to, to, to fifth round. I like Jordan Battle out of Alabama. Yeah, uh, Very steady football player. He'll probably go in the third or fourth round, so I don't know if I'd call him a sleeper. Uh, I like it was a Jamie or Jamie Robinson out of Florida State. Could be a good sleeper. He's a very consistent player. He plays in the box. He plays deep. He plays the slot. He's all over the place. Has special teams value. Um. So and so and there's some uh some some linebackers I like. I know linebackers on a position we, we addressed either, but you know there's a big gap in the linebackers coming up. Maybe they'll invest a, a high draft pick like a Jack Campbell or a Drew Sanders. But uh, you can get some decent talent in linebacker position late in the draft as well. I like Dorian Williams out of Tulane. Really good coverage linebacker. He's got a six point six foot eight wingspan and he ran like a four five which is really good for a linebacker. Mm -hmm. Ivan Pace out of Cincinnati is another good running back. Very small frame guy, but he's he's tough. He's in-the-box guy. So I think there's a lot of talent they can have, and this might be a scenario where 
they use those four six round picks and get three fourth round picks and two fifth round picks. Like I, th- I can see the Patriots really drafting a lot of players in rounds four, five, and six because, as you mentioned, the depth is just so deep uh, in this in this draft. And they have enough positions to need to really, and they have the the talent, uh, the excuse me, the the time this year to build some guys for next year because a lot of the guys on the twenty twenty three roster will not be there in twenty twenty four due to either contractual money they get elsewhere or the Patriots don't want them back. So this could be an opportunity to get those guys later, let them learn for a year with expectations they start in twenty twenty four after Aaron Rodgers retires, after the Jets stink again after the Dolphins think again, and maybe 2024 is the year the, the Patriots really make a serious run. So so look for the later rounds in the draft to be probably the most interesting for the Patriots in 2023. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially when you think of uh, the Patriots' deep need to improve their special teams unit. Uh, I think they will get a lot of players that, as rookies, could contribute on special teams uh, and then have upside on whether it's the offensive or defensive side of the ball. Um, Alec, that's what I got for four downs. Do you have anything for extra points? Yeah, let's kick let's kick the extra point or go for two, Rich. If I had if you had to ask right now, are you gonna kick the extra point and say the Patriots trade down and draft a, a cornerback from the D three school in the second round? Or <laughs> you're gonna go for two and say they stay in the first round and make an actual pick? What's your what, what's your attempt? Uh I think they're gonna stay in the first round and, right. and make a pick. I don't know if necessarily if they stay at 14. If they do trade down, I think it'll be to like the low 20s and not further. Um, but I, I think that they if if a team offers them and they can trade down, I mean, something that I've been talking about this whole time, Broderick Jones, Darnell Wright, Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma. Is there that big of a difference across the three of them? I personally don't think so. And so if you can add some more draft capital to allow you to take more picks on day two and still get one of those top flight offensive tackles that can plug and play and start as a rookie, you do it. You definitely do it. Um, And I would be surprised if they completely left the entire draft. All right, I'll take it. A first round pick is always fun because a lot of people, including our very own Pat Lane and Matt St. Jean, will be doing a live Patriots podcast and draft breakdown live chat. So go over and check them out as they break this down. Pat Lane is the Pat's pulpit leg uh, resident draft expert in Patriots Nation Network, resident draft expert. And it always kind of sucks when you're there and you're there and all of a sudden the Patriots keep trading down and trading down. They trade out and you have nothing to break down. So I'd love for them to stay. I do think they also stay in the first round. I think they will trade out of 14. I hope they trade out of 14 at least uh, because I think there's, there's so much need and so many top tier guys they can get with pick 19 and later but there will be a cornerback drafted in the second round you can take that to the bank and he's probably going to stink because i am convinced bill belichick made some kind of deal with some kind Woof. of Kelsey god a while back where he'll be successful in the nfl and the price is he sacrifices the career of a young cornerback every draft <laughs> the price we pay for success here in new england because other than kyle duggar second round draft picks who are cornerbacks don't work out so expect a cornerback to go in the second round other than that anything goes and as long as I come into the next week's breakdown, Rich, when we talk about the new draft class of Patriots, and I've at least heard of like a third of the players the Patriots picked, I'll be happy. Yep. No, me too. I'm excited to see where this goes. We will be breaking it down after the draft next week. Alec, do you have any final thoughts? Bet you do it, buddy. Look forward to next week. All right. Until next time, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See you. All right. Later. Later.